data-driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing? I'm Emma. I've dabbled in all marketing channels in my career. And my passion? Providing my team with the tools to be the superstars. So, I'm making a podcast to share everything I've learned along the way, from my bachelor's internships to early career in marketing to becoming head of international marketing by age 29. Plus, everything I wish my 20-year-old self had known. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, get your snacks ready to go, and let's do this. Hello. So today's podcast is on event marketing, but when I say event marketing, I am going to give you the angle of why a higher footfall doesn't necessarily mean maximum results and how a quick shift in your strategy might be able to get you better results, higher brand reach without the pressure of getting people to the venue. Of course, before I go any further, I need to say that this depends on the event's purpose, right? If it's live sport or a concert or something that the literal success of the event is ticket sales, then of course you need footfall and this is not the podcast for you. However, If the purpose of the event is more about brand elevation and getting brand awareness or brand engagement or something that is more as many eyes on the brand as possible, then I suggest using the power of PR, social media and influencers. And this can be so much more important and it enables you to focus less on the amount of people there and actually focus on the people in the room and how they can bring you more success with less stress, trying to get less people in the door. And also, this will turn out to be cheaper, generally speaking, because you don't have to house such huge venues with much more footfall. Of course, also in a world where we are just coming out of the COVID pandemic and big, big events are not necessarily happening at the moment and you still want to be able to do events or do stunts or do in-person things to get eyes on your brand that aren't the usual channels and you still want to be able to add this into your marketing mix and I think that this is a really, really good solution. I think that when you want to stand out from the crowd, event marketing and stunts or things that you can put on in real life are so key for brands because they enable you to differentiate yourself more than other channels. If you look at channels such as digital, so Google and Instagram and your website, whilst you can do your stamp and your personality, you can only go so far with it. And I think that the channel that you can really show show your brand personality the most is absolutely this channel. And so when you think of the really big brands that make a difference in this way, a lot of the times it is their in-person stunts that do this. And then they bring these stunts across different paid, earned and organic media to really back them up and do a really, really nice 360 plan. But that's not what we're talking about today. So I have done various roles in event marketing and this one today, as I said, is going to be my biggest tips and takeaways for when the event is for brand elevation over footfall. I'm also going to focus more on B2C as if it was B2B, your most important focus should be your potential or current clients. So keep in mind, I'm talking really about B2C products for this specific podcast. 
So as I mentioned, there are three various areas that you should be really focusing on for brand elevation for your event. And for me, it's these three areas, social, press, and influencers. So starting with press. So press, this could be, depending on what your product is, it could be trade press. So it could be looking at people that cover the press in your industry. It could be looking at national press. So people that cover consumer press and magazines and people that just read everyday things. It could be business press if you're looking to launch a new product or some innovation in that space, they could be it too. Now, I am a traditional marketer over here and I'm not on the press side. So my recommendation here is that you should hire a PR specialist or team because one of the most important things about this area that I found over the years to get people there is the relationships that you have with journalists. And typically, you'll, it'll be rare to find a hybrid marketer and press person. So I would say here that this is an area where you wanna spend more of your budget to get somebody that is in that PR and press space that has those relationships that will be able to help you with this step. What I find here is two main things though, is that you need to give them a really, really tight brief of what to work with. So you need to be really specific at the type of press that you want because this will help them. So if you just want consumer press, then you need to go in and tell them what your purpose is. Also, when you're giving this brief to them, you need to get them involved as early as you can in the process because they will be able to give you really, really good advice on how to make the event more PRable. I don't know if that's the right word, but how they can make it more attractive that you'll be more likely to have journalists there. And some of the things that I've learned from people in this space are the first thing that you really need to be critical of, and that's why I said that you need to think of this at the beginning, is your location and your timing. So if you have an event that is in the middle of the countryside in Oxford on a Friday evening, let's face it, you're going to get absolutely no press there. So you really need to think of where they are typically and the timing of the event so that they will be more likely to show up. One thing that we found that worked really well was if you host the event, say in London, which is where a lot of the offices are, especially for national press, but you have the event starting in work hours. So maybe three o'clock or four o'clock. Therefore, they're still in work times, they're more likely to come and they don't have to give up their evening for what is essentially work for them. So you really need to keep that in mind if you're going to host an event on a Saturday, the likelihood that you're going to get press there, unless you are a huge, huge event that is press will be falling over their feet for and you'll be really, really lucky or if in that position. If you are a smaller brand or you're trying to get eyes on the brand, that's what you need to think of, your location and timing. Make it really, really easy for them. Also, think about the different incentives why that they would come. And this is something that you can work with your PR specialist on, but here's just a few things that you need to be thinking of when you're planning your event from the outset. So when I talk about the incentives for them to come, this could be a whole host of different things and it doesn't mean literal present. It means what are they gonna get out of the event? Are you doing an exclusive reveal? Is it a launch product? Is it some innovation that they wanna see firsthand? 
what's the invite going to be? Always, always try and make an impression with the invite. Don't just simply send them an email blast or a letter. Think about something that ties in the event with the invite that's cool and quirky and they'll want to share it. They are much more likely to come if there is something in the invite that's enticing, that gives a promise or gives some intrigue that they are going to come and cover the story. Also, here is what I want to say about what I've learned and my experience with inviting press is it's not guaranteed. So we had a whole list of, I think, 30 people that were coming from press and I think about 20 turned up, which was a really, really good turnout and we were really chuffed with it, but we couldn't count on it and we didn't know that they were for sure going to turn up. Even if they do come, it doesn't promise you press coverage. So you cannot rely on press alone for your event, which is why they are just one of our three pillars of key areas where you wanna focus on for your event because they, to me, could give you the biggest reach and the biggest reward, but they are also the biggest risk and they are not necessarily going to give you the the coverage that you want. Now, just a really big caveat here, as I said, I am way, way more in the marketing space. This is just what I have learned from events that I have done with press and working with PR teams to help get people there. I have tried it before without a press team and I've just found it really, really impenetrable to try and get on the radar of the journalists. There is different things that you can subscribe to where you get press alerts for things that specific press people are looking for, which does help with those relationships because you're literally delivering them what they're looking for in terms of the story that they want. However, typically for an event, this doesn't really work. So I definitely think that it's not worth the struggle if you can't afford a PR specialist or somebody that's um, an agency, then I think that you're really, really gonna struggle with this, just to be really, really honest. It doesn't mean that you can't have the event with your other two pillars. It just means that you need to really be aware of this before you start planning the event and putting your hopes on this area. Okay, so moving on to influencers. And this is something that will really, really, if you get it right, it will really help your brand. If you get it wrong, it can really damage it. So generally speaking, I would say for B2C marketing, you should have influencers as part of your ongoing day-to-day strategy this should be a long-term channel that you have always going but then when it comes to an event this is their time to shine it gives them a chance to show their authenticity to the brand if they're working with you long term it shows that they really do genuinely love the product that you're giving and it means for you that you can use their reach when it's optimal for you if you don't have influencers as a long-term strategy and you don't have anybody that you can call on that you have on your books month to month it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do this step it just means that you need to be really really careful because the biggest factor about this channel is not only their reach but the trust that they bring to their followers so if they are inauthentic and if they come to your event 
or you're inviting influencers that you know just won't use or like your product, then it will really come off. It will really show the fakeness of the channel and consumers will see straight through it. So that's what I mean that it could do more harm than good. But on the flip side of that, it doesn't mean that if you don't have this channel that you can't use them at the events. It just means that you need to have be really, really diligent and make sure that you pick people and invite people that are gonna give honest reviews, that are generally in your target audience in terms of what your product does so that there is more likely going to have that authenticity. You can start building those relationships a few months before, send them the products, make sure that you are just starting it as early as you can to introduce them. You can send them the products, you can you can do all sorts of things to try and help build that relationship. I would say here that you really, if you want to invite a whole bunch of influencers and you're happy that they're authentic, that they will give their honest feedback, that they are more likely to enjoy the event itself, if they are on your books already and they are a long-term working for you, then absolutely they're going to get you the coverage because it will be in their contracts, which is awesome. If you have a, you don't have that many on your books, you can absolutely blend these two two things together. So you can have some that you pay and that are working with you long term, but it doesn't mean that you can't invite other influencers in your space that you think would really like it or you want to work with them in long term. And this is your invite to welcome to the brand and see what we're about. So you can you can use this for, for many different things. It doesn't necessarily just have to be the people that you're working with. It doesn't necessarily just have to be people that you invite and hope that they come. And it doesn't necessarily just need to be people that you want to work with in the future. I would recommend a blend of all three of those tactics. For this channel, I would say that I haven't done a podcast yet on influencers, but it's so, so time consuming to build and sustain and keep those relationships. So if you have somebody in your team that can look after this area of the event completely, I would absolutely recommend you doing this for this channel. Now, a few tips here that I would say once you've got your guest list of who is coming and who you're inviting, hopefully you have a nice split. I would say you want to for sure know that 70% are coming with 30% maybe you've sent the invite to and you're just hoping for that extra attendance. I can't stress this enough. You need to make them feel special when they come. Think of different things that you can do, whether it's brunch, whether it's graze tables, whether it's cocktail making, special desserts that have your branding on. There needs to be not only ways to make them feel special, but everything needs to be very, very social sharing. That doesn't make sense. Very, very Instagrammable. It needs to be really attractive for them to want to share it on their socials. So whilst you have people that you might work with and they have to share it on their socials, your other guests that come, if there's not something super, super cool that stands out, they're not going to share it. They're more likely to be sharing stuff authentically if you have some really cool things going on that they'll want to share. So some things that we've done in the past is a giant eye sculpture of the new product. We've done a huge paint by numbers on a wall where you can literally get some paint and start painting it and it makes a big mural. You can do something that's a bit more quirky. So it's a maybe a fairground ride or a big, big wall of your product that's in a different way. Or I'm trying to think of like, trying to be really generic as possible. But just think of different things that's exciting that they can do or play or look at that's 
that is not something that they'll see in their everyday life and they'll want to share something really, really cool with their followers. This just helps naturally share your event more, but be really, really key that you want your branding in those specific places so that you share with it. So that's why something like a special dessert that has the branding on is a really nice way to get your brand in there, but it is much more subtle. And I would say the other thing with influencers is if you are paying them or if you are able to get them to share the coverage, be really, really specific before the event on what you want them to share. So do you want them to document the whole thing? Do you want to do Instagram stories? Do you want them to do just make some TikToks? Do you want them to make reels? I would personally have a brief that says X amount of TikToks, X amount of reels, share X amount of stories, because you really, really want to make sure that if they are there and you are paying them to be there, that you are not disappointed with the content that they bring and they share because that is what you are paying for and that is where you are gonna be really, really get your reach. Okay, so moving on for influencers, so social. So this is more about the reach that you will get on your social. And I would say here, you need somebody that is just going around on an iPhone. It is their sole job all day to share what's going on on social, to capture content and to make sure that the story is flowing. That is the only thing that they are gonna focus on for the whole event. Now, I have tried to juggle this before when I've been at events and done social, and it doesn't look as good as it can do. You're trying to be an event manager as well. It's just too much to do. So you really, really want that one person to do it. Similarly, you want them to be on an iPhone because you want them to catch it as if it is somebody that is at the event themselves doing it. Whilst you can get professional photography and videography and you can share that later, it doesn't quite have the same effect as sharing an event on an iPhone that makes it look much more user-generated. It really makes people be a lot more relatable to it. So whilst you absolutely have a professional videographer, photographer there to capture stuff for future, don't underestimate the power of having somebody there going around with their phone also they can be getting reels and tiktoks and things to post later on they don't need to share every single thing that they capture on the day there and then but it's just another bank so make sure that you have that in your mind that you need somebody that is just doing that as well as ideally hiring somebody that is a professional videographer and photographer. Because if this is an event that you are putting a lot of money into, which generally speaking events are quite expensive, you'll wanna have materials that you can use in the off season or in the middle of winter or when you're having a bit of a lull in your marketing and you need some more content. What a great place to be able to pull from. Also, they can be looking at who is tagging you in the event as they go and they can be resharing and reposting and saving everything of content that is coming out from your influencers and hopefully the press that are there as well that they can be resharing and boosting. Make sure that before the event starts that everybody is aware of what handles that they need to be tagging, what hashtags to be using, make sure that everybody is following the social account. It's really small things and that sounds such a little thing, but it's attention to detail like that, that will make content seamless, but it will also make it much easier for consumers as they're scrolling through it to be able to jump from person to brand much more seamlessly and give them a better experience. 
Okay, so moving on. Now, would I use an events agency or just do it yourself? And I've used both and there's pros and cons to each and it comes down to the three key things, which is generally the three key things that actually make the difference from a marketing plan as well, which is your time, your money, and your resource. If you have less of one, it doesn't mean that you can't do it, it just means that you need to adapt accordingly. So for example, I have done events before where I've used event agencies to do an aspect of the event, such as making sure that we had screens and audio, but then I planned all of the rest of it because then I didn't have enough money for them to cover that as well. If you have really, really big, deep pockets, then I absolutely would recommend an events agency. But if you have a lot of people on your team that will be able to pull and help together and be able to help you with this, and I would absolutely say that you don't necessarily need an events agency, you just need to be able to have people that you can rely on and delegate the work to. There is some really, really amazing agencies, but generally speaking, it is expensive because obviously they have a lot of things to cover as well. So if you do have less money, I would recommend pulling from people internally that you can use and then just be super, super organized. Which brings me on to my next tip, which is you need to have sheets on sheets on sheets of organization here. You need to make sure that you are planning everything. So not only have organization sheets to help you plan, but also for future proofing. So when you come back and look at this event, you can say, okay, what budget did I spend on things? What was the timetable like? What did I do on day one, two, and three? What did it look like? So that you have it for when you come back to this and you've forgotten a year later, it will really, really help. You need to plan everything. So some things that you might not even think about, here's just a few list of things that I would be thinking about. So do you need security? Do you have, are you inviting high level influencers? Is it a VIP event that you might need security? Check in, have a system that people can get in easily and quickly. Do you need somewhere that has a coat or bag check-in? Think of the drinks, think of the food, think of the social feature that is going to be the most shareable. As I mentioned, have an event or something quirky that people will want to share. The length of the event, that's really important. I would say a couple hours max for this type of event. The guest list, make sure you're organizing that. And make sure that you have a budget sheet. Always, always get your budget sheet from the get-go in the planning stages. I always section mine into the resource cost, the hire of the venue and all of the costs associated with that then the things that are going into it, so the events, the food and drink, anything else that's additional, put that on there as well. It, this will change and it'll become a fluid document. I like to use Google Docs for these because then if various members of your teams are editing other things, they can do it live and you're not sending back emails. Also, small things like, will you need walkie-talkies? Will you need clipboards? Will you need marker pens? Every single thing like that is what you as the event lead need to be thinking of to make it seamless. Make sure that you're printing out timetables for everybody that's working with you so they know the flow of the event. If it is a product launch, then you'll need a microphone, a big screen. You'll need to make sure that the CEO or whoever is gonna launch the product has what they need at their fingertips to be able to do that. And if it is a product launch, then you can 
flow it into other things that you're doing. So the activities, the drinks, the desserts, how can you make it all tie together so that the whole experience when they walk through the door is all centered around that product? For me, those events have been the most successful because everything seamlessly ties into the product that we're launching and it's really, really nice and flows and people understand what they are there for. So I hope this helped. These are just a few tips and the main aim of this podcast was to say that don't panic if you think the success of the event is the footfall. It's actually not. For a lot of the events and stunts that I've done and worked on, the success is measured on the social reach within 48 hours of the event, which is through those three main mediums, our own social media, our influencers and press. Also think of other things that you can get out of the event. So that content that I spoke about, banking lots of brand assets and brand stuff that you can use in the future as well. So there is so many other things that you can focus on if you want a successful event and it doesn't focus on footfall. It also means that you can be able to go to venues that you wouldn't necessarily be able to go to if it was a public event. It means that you're le- you're more likely to get press and influencers there if it is in the middle of London because they are easy to get to, it's easy to travel to and the more people are close proximity of that. Obviously a really big footfall area in the middle of London would be super expensive so it wouldn't really be feasible. I will do more podcasts on the event footfall area but I really just wanted to share this with you to help change that frame of mind if you want to do something in person but you're not sure if it's a success if only 30 to 50 people come. So I hope this helped and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host Emma and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.